0: Welcome to Vegas Revealed and Happy New Year. It's episode 50. Happy New Year, everyone. We've got a lot coming up on today's show. We sit down
1: with singer, songwriter, and longtime Vegas headliner, Matt Goss. We are talking about new music he has coming out. He's telling a bunch of stories about Las Vegas through the years. You gotta hear some of these. And he's also started a new venture.
0: Yeah, and this is outside of what we would expect from Matt, but he's got some good stories to tell. It's all coming up right now on Vegas Revealed.
1: Welcome to Vegas Revealed, everyone. It is officially 2021 and we are at episode 50. I'm Dana Roselli.
0: And I'm Sean McAllister. I don't know about you, Dana, but uh, 2021 feels almost exactly the same to me as 2020.
1: Um, exactly the same. <laughs> 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 Nothing has changed whatsoever. So, uh, but here's to to positive thoughts and and getting in a groove in 2021, and hopefully, hopefully, I don't know. What do you think? In like six months, we're back to normal.
0: Well, I, I think fingers crossed. At, at six months. That's what I'm hoping for. But I guess this is just a, a, a time for all of us to update our vision boards, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I know people are missing gatherings and they're missing concerts and shows. And I don't think any of us expected it to last this long. So it's been a difficult, a difficult time for so many people. I'm noticing people getting a little bit more anxious and agitated and just ready to get back to normal.
0: Well, and you mentioned, Dana, people missing uh, gatherings. But if you looked at the Las Vegas Strip on New Year's Eve, you'd never know that those people were missing a gathering because it looked exactly like any other New Year's Eve that we've ever had here in Las Vegas. People were packed on Las Vegas Boulevard right there in front of the Bellagio Fountains.
1: Yeah, it's so true. The images that we have seen, I'm like, wow, what, what's going on there? Plus, it was like freezing cold out. So I'm shocked. I'm like, do people want to get out that bad? But I mean, what do you think it was? I'm assuming it's people that drove in from Utah, Arizona, California to
0: do something during
1: their New Year's Eve weekend.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that it was a, a lot of uh, drive-in traffic. And what surprised me is that they actually shut down the Las Vegas Strip to vehicle traffic like they usually do. But when at a time when they're supposed to be discouraging people from gathering, I was just surprised that they actually went ahead and shut down the strip uh, and allowed only pedestrian foot traffic on there, because I feel like that encourages people to go out. Now, usually New Year's Eve in Las Vegas draws in, I don't know, 350,000 people just for uh, the New Year's Eve festivities. We're not going to see any numbers like that, but there were still a good amount of people, and not only on the Las Vegas Strip, but also downtown.
1: Right. I mean, you know, there were, it seemed like it was a, I guess a good time had by all. People looked like they were having fun. But yeah, you look at it, it you know, and if you're a little more careful, you look at it from a distance and go, oh, I don't know about that. But um, there were fireworks that were in the air. Those are COVID free, right? Fireworks that you look at in the sky. So uh, that was great sure over are. the plaza. Over <laughs> <Especially laughs> the plaza. You
0: stay home and watch them on TV. Exactly.
1: Um, yeah, I went to my parking garage. I live south of downtown. So I was in my parking garage and I I watched the fireworks the second half of the show from there. And it was it was really well done. Um, so, you know, kudos to the plaza for still creating some type of celebration, I guess, for New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah. And as we've mentioned on past episodes of Vegas Revealed, the plaza was the only uh, large firework display, official firework display that was going off uh, in Las Vegas, the the normal firework display on the Strip was canceled this year. So yeah. even that made it even all the more perplexing to me why so many people would go down there on Las Vegas Boulevard when there weren't even fireworks. It's like they just went there to gather and, you know, yeah. whatever.
1: I guess it just shows like people really love Las Vegas and they like to get their Vegas on and they don't care it's cold out there's you know this pandemic going on
0: (laughs) pandemic be damned but um you mentioned that that people were downtown also and there were a couple celebrity sightings
1: yeah i saw at circa that jeremy piven the actor he was there along with mike tyson they were celebrating their new year's eve at circa saw a picture um of them over there and i know circa open now to rooms so a lot of people were able to actually stay at the hotel for the first time as well
0: yeah and i saw a lot of people um down there at barry's downtown prime that's the steakhouse over there at circa and they also have just opened up uh, the legacy club which is essentially like the rooftop lounge over there at circa
1: yeah it looks really really nice doesn't it i've seen some pictures i'm like wow that's gorgeous
0: Yeah, and there was a big – there was a gathering – up there and of course i mean you're not going to find a better spot to watch fireworks at the plaza than you know being up at the the legacy club and looking down on the plaza and having the fireworks shoot up to your level exactly <laughs> you know something that i did tune into was uh, the las vegas the official las vegas countdown to 2021 with dj vice it's uh, something that we we talked about last time that they were blowing up 2020 and officially welcoming 2021 and it was it was cool to see that i mean it was a pretty big production that they put on and it looked to me like it was on the far east side of the las vegas valley just out in a big empty plot of land it looked like and yeah. uh you know they had the fireworks going off they had a fuse that that lit and traveled over to 2020 to make the big you know the big boom and make the the big 2020 sign fall over and burn so uh, there was definitely a a good way to end 2020
1: yeah definitely the and be- the best way that we can right or we could.
2: Right.
0: (laughs) Well, we
1: look forward to uh, getting Las Vegas back in business. As I said on another podcast, we got to get the Viva back in Las Vegas. And it's going to happen this year, I feel it. When that will be, you know, nobody knows. But we're glad everyone and we hope everyone had a safe New Year's Eve. And um, we've got a great interview coming up, don't we?
0: Yeah, we do. A longtime Las Vegas headliner, Matt Goss, is sitting down with us here on Vegas Revealed to talk about new music and a new project aside from the music industry that has a lot of people listening. Oh, yeah. And he's got some great Las Vegas stories to tell because he's been a headliner for more than 10 years. So we
1: catch up with him coming up next on Vegas Revealed. Hey, if you're thinking about starting a podcast in the new year, we have a great place that you can go to get y'all set up. It's called Buzzsprout. It's what we use here at Vegas Revealed.
0: Yeah, Buzzsprout is so supportive of the podcasters under their umbrella. There are regular updates that are sent out through newsletters that give you some really great information about how to sound the best, how to attract advertisers, and really how to connect best with your audience.
1: That's right. And many people ask, how do I get listed on all these apps? How do I get on Apple? How do I get on Spotify? Well, Buzzsprout does it all for you. It's really, really simple. So here's the deal. We put a link in our listener notes, click it, and it's a referral code. So if you sign up you will get a $20 Amazon gift card. And, you know, their monthly subscription is really affordable, Sean. It's 12 bucks, and you get everything.
0: One low price and a huge support system for all of your podcasting needs. It's a one-stop shop at buzzsprout.com. We are back on Vegas Revealed with a global pop star, musician, author, and humanitarian who has made Las Vegas his home for more than a decade now. Matt Goss rose to fame as one half of the pop duo Bross, which Goss started with his twin brother, Luke. Matt Goss has gone on to sell millions of albums all over the world, all while trying to keep his personal life as private as possible. But that's all changing now that Matt Goss is giving us a glimpse at his life through his first ever podcast. Called conversations, and Matt is joining us on Vegas
2: Revealed. Hey, Matt! It's nice to see you guys. And and, and first of all, thank you for that introduction. And secondly, why are you so awake?
1: <laughs> because <laughs> we wake <laughs> up early I now. I understand that. It's like a, a pandemic. So,
2: <laughs> you're just so awake, guys. Just relax, relax.
1: <laughs> we're chipper. We're chipper. <laughs> Listen, um, there's a million things to talk to you about, but you know, one thing little, obviously we love on Vegas Revealed is Las Vegas, and you're still here. You're still doing what you do, but but in a different way because you're not able to be on stage and you've been performing in Las Vegas more than 10 years. I mean, you started at the palms, you went to Caesar's palace for eight, eight years. You've been at the Mirage for a few years and now everything's kind of at a stop. I'm just curious because we ask everyone this, how it makes you feel. Cause I have a feeling that at first you kind of like the break.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I definitely in the beginning, I loved the break because it was like it really, to be really honest, it was starting to feel like work. I remember i was i was on my way i said i've got to go work and i'm like oh my god i said that the w word and that's really not a good word for musicians so it, it i was grateful for the break in the beginning but then um you know halfway through i guess the covid period i, I really started to get a real connection towards the, the human condition i started connecting on my live instagrams and not just talking to my fans but people that were not fans of mine and just just general conversation about mental health and just really the general state of affairs in regards to psychologically and just the way that the government was dealing with it and it was very very broad and enjoyable but Mm -hmm. I didn't um but now I really am like I said to my brother Luke actually just yesterday I was like I really miss getting ready for my show I'll go out in the street and I'll go into like a mall or and people will come up to me and say hey Matt we really really miss your show and it just I've really started to understand what was fun about my show. You know, the, the the connection and things that I can't do at the O2 Arena or Wembley or when you're playing or Royal Albert Hall. You can't. I just simply can't do the same show mm-hmm. as I do in Vegas. It's a connective, inclusive. I guess is the main word. Show, and I I really really miss it.
0: Yeah. Well, and and what specifically are you able to do here in Las Vegas that you can't do at
2: Wembley or O2? Well, right now I I'm 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 really good at finger aerobics (laughs) that's my covid (laughs) workout i tap along to many a song and i call that finger aerobics that's my cardio for the day but it's um i think vegas teaches you more than any other city and venue in the world because the, the the truth is is you'll go out and two thirds of that room will be your room which is great so as Frank would say, none of my people here. Mm. And he'll be like, you'd be like, there's some of my familiar faces and they know my music. And then, but then one third of that room is just mm. read a review. So that is where you really have to truly check your ego at the door and be like, all right, I'm here to entertain you. And then in a strange way, that's where the love of what you do comes back. Because you're like, I'm going to make sure that you are going to love this show and i think that's the strange dichotomy of vegas it it's it's one of the hardest cities in the world to play but it is also the city that reminds you of why you're doing it and that is to entertain and hopefully elevate and transport your audience and audience that audience members that come to see you based solely on a a review are there to to be entertained and know you get a little bit pissed off at them at first you know like do you have any idea who i think i am mm-hmm. and then you're like actually you have no idea who I, who I am and i'm here to entertain you and sing you and then i always crush it and they go and you know
1: yeah Well, and I always think that whenever I leave the country and I say I'm from Las Vegas, like automatic conversation piece, right? Every taxi cab driver, every person is fascinated with Las Vegas. And I think living here, performing here, I know working here, I don't want to say we take it for granted, but we're like, oh, we live in Las Vegas. But to other people, it's such a wow factor. And I know that you're bookend by the Palms and the Mirage. But when you were at Caesars, it was a, a good run of eight years, which is really difficult for any performer in Las Vegas because they switch around so much but I remember you telling a story that the president took you into this hallway and it's where the the Cleopatra's barge sits and it's an iconic kind of little room looks like a barge sits on on water and said I need you to make something out of this and I know that you said you felt that was a really like that was a challenge you were up for and you did
2: yeah he actually what he said to me is I hope you have a good imagination that's what he said, because the person No Names mentioned also at the time was head of a department, of actually head of 11 casinos, and and they said they'd never actually even been in there. And apart from, like, the four regular hookers and <laughs> the, 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 two, the two locals in that bar, I mean, <laughs> that's the truth. And I was like, well, I've got, a, I've got a very vivid and, you know, very vivid imagination, and uh, that was an incredible experience with, when Gary over a a bowl of noodles in beijing noodle number nine um we sat there and and he says you want a beer i said absolutely i do and we shook hands he said welcome to caesar's and we just got to it and we you know got the paint out polished the brass stabilized the ship no pun intended Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we literally did and you know i'm very proud to say you know i I created a venue and gary you know gary gave me credit for that Mm -hmm. um the president of Caesar's said you have forever changed the shape of this casino and and it still to this day is a, a venue. And I had some of the best times of my life at Caesars. They're my family. Yeah. They're absolutely my family. When I walk into Caesars Palace, um, you know, the hugs that the, we reminisce, um, I, I still feel like it. I, I feel like Caesars, wherever I am, will always be m- one of my homes on this planet. I really love that venue.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Caesars is... An iconic venue with iconic history. Is it kind of surreal to be a part of such an iconic piece of not only Las Vegas history, but pop culture history?
2: It is incredible because, you know, like you, you know, you start, you, I started my career off, you know, in the pop world and really like, you know, neck deep in the pop world all over the world, selling millions of records. And my granddad always used to say to me, you know, you got to play in Vegas one day, son he used to call me son he was a gunner in the second world war and he's the most, truly one of the most influential men in my life and and he used to love mel Torme, um frank sinatra um andy williams all those great singers and he would say you have to go to to vegas i never forget the day when we had the press conference to announce that i was going to be at caesar's it was something out of a movie. There was tons of tv cameras and press and everything and i turned up in a ferrari and got out and walked out and gary Celestina again being a visionary and not really you know he he cares but not but only about the things that matter he doesn't care about you know being politically correct and he said we stole matt goss from the palms and uh, i can say that because i'm good friends with george Malouf, who i have a lot of respect for and these are these are gentlemen in this town that have have uh you know George Malouf, Gary Selesna, Jason Gatsworth, Chris Baldesan. These are gentlemen in this town that have, have really, you know, and continue to change the shape of this town, you know, and when you've got those kind of guys in your corner and you can have a glass of scotch with them and just put the, you know, talk about life and not just only talk about entertainment. That's what I always wanted this town to be, is to have a sense of camaraderie. Again, I think it would be nice if there was more of a sense of camaraderie um in Las Vegas it's 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 becoming very corporate driven and and that cheeky kind of getting trouble but not too much trouble kind of side of Vegas needs to come back a little bit more um and we need to really take care of our artists here Mm
1: -hmm. well and I know when you when you say cheeky you've had a lot of fun at Caesars I mean I feel like before you come to Las Vegas, you have this imaginary you know, thing in your head where you say, this is what it's gonna be like. But when you started performing here, you had a show here, you started spending more time here. Do you think the Las Vegas you imagined was different or do you feel like it's exactly how you pictured it was gonna be as an entertainer?
2: The, uh, there's two answers to that. I think that everything I've learned about the music industry, you should really just burn it, burn it again, bury it underground. Blow it up, burn it again, and then send it off into a rocket into outer space. It has nothing to do with the music industry. Vegas is like a big cruise ship. Everybody knows everyone, and and if they don't, they'll eventually know somebody that knows somebody who knows. It's just there's there really is a one degree of separation in this town within the within the industry. Um, I think on many levels, my time at Caesar's when I would sit on the roof where they filmed Hangover, and I would. Hang out there with many, many people that I will not mention. Now, was that
0: allowed? Is that, that, I was gonna say that's <laughs> legit.
2: You actually went up and hung out on the roof. Yeah, it's not allowed, but they, 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 <laughs> they, they officially turned a blind eye. But we, we would, we would go up there, and I, I remember one time I was climbing up this ladder because you'd have to climb up this ladder to get to the top of the roof, and I ripped my tuxedo pants, and and then everybody took their shirts off, and we were just all sitting up watching all the strip and the nightclub at the time we could see everybody having a good time but we were in our own kind of bubble seriously it was it was out it was out of like the hangover movie but it was there was an element of it was just the right side of civilized it was it was mad because you know you know people men and women had their tops off and then but we were sitting there drinking scotch and and looking at the strip and i'd just done a show in the iconic caesar's palace so these are things that you uh, if i didn't have those memories i don't think that i would look back as fondly as i do because mm-hmm. there were all those little cheeky moments that you know you'd get a little nod from the security guard and they know that that was something that we did it was a it was an after show idiosyncrasy that that just felt good
0: so a, a word to the wise when uh visitors can come back to las vegas when you're walking the strip don't ignore the rooftops of the casinos because you might get a little peep show up there huh <laughs> yeah, well that's
2: just wishful thinking Sean. i know
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, some good times through the years. And I mean, w- when it comes to, you know, performing in a smaller venue, you still continue to perform uh, all over the world. You were recently in Ireland and London. I mean, so you're still doing bigger shows. You did shows with your brother and then you've done your own solo shows too. So you have such like a variation of anything. Is there is there a favorite or does each one kind of, you enjoy it all?
2: I'd be lying if I said that, Playing twenty five thousand people at the O two isn't a thrill. Mm-hmm. You know, we played a couple of nights there. We sold it out in seven seconds. So, like, um it's the fastest sellout in history. So, when you have those moments, those big, fantastic, larger than life moments, I would be lying if I didn't say that they 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 are kind of what you live for in some ways because they are so exciting. But then you'd find yourself playing all these venues. Much, much bigger, obviously, and then you come back and you go, "Oh, I know." You come back to your room at Caesar's, for example, and you just know the sound. My my sound guy Kenny, big shout out to Kenny. Kenny's been with me for many years, and it's just a sound like you. It's like coming and sitting in your favorite armchair. It's it's the sound you understand. The geography of the room is something that you truly understand, and there's a there's a sense of accomplishment in a in in a beautiful way and the fact that you've come home and you indeed have a place to come home to which is called the gossy room which even to this day i still have to pinch myself the fact that i've had my a few of my own rooms in this town and it's been over a decade it's one fifth of my life you know and one third of my life professionally Mm -hmm. i've been in vegas which is a an incredible thing and i'm i'm not done yet i'm i still am looking forward to conclude some of the conversations I'm having with some some casinos here. Caesar's Palace. Yeah. Um. Well, we need... <laughs> 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 we
1: need shows back. How are you feeling about that? Do you feel it's going to come... I mean, obviously, it has to come back. Do you think it's going to be different, of different Vegas? How are you...
2: I know Vegas Revealed is very, very upbeat and everything, but the uh, the, the, the the truth about it and the not-so-good side of, of of Las Vegas is that musicians and entertainers in this town, we're not robots. We can't just suddenly be expected to turn it back on we've we've had loss in our lives too we've we've been financially crucified many many people that don't have a global audience like myself have have, have really felt it and we we're not robots we are emotional people just like everybody else in fact in some ways we're probably more emotional because we draw on emotion to write songs and lyrics and then perform them from a place that comes from a very deep rooted emotional place I think that the entertainment community could have been more informed more taken care of and more nurtured in a way because we are always the first to be called upon to lift people's spirits and i do believe that this town has a duty to take care of the entertainers because it's called the entertainment capital of the world and i think there's never been a more vivid understanding of what that actually means it's not the restaurant capital of the world it's not the uh, the dog park capital of the world, and, but, but I do love my dog park here. But um, it's the entertainment capital of the world, and that is what brings in the big numbers. You know, after my show, I say, "Hey guys, I'm going to Sushi Roku. It's a great place if you fancy a, a late night bite." And after my show, the restaurant would be full. And I was there recently, and they were like, "We, you know, we need more Macau shows because, you know, you would always bring an audience. I mean, entertainers support." local businesses here not just the big fabulous places but you know a couple of places you know naked fish on durango i love vitna grill i love places off the strip and on the strip but we are as a community of entertainers whether you're a singer a magician or absinthe or a big circus show we are the people that bring in the numbers and i think i hope I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be lovely to think that some of the heads of casinos would, you know, reach out to some of the entertainers that are destination points. You know, my show is a destination point for over 10 years, and um, I had a very, very big manager ask me, do you know what's going on? I'm like, absolutely no, I don't. So I think that would be a misconception externally out of Las Vegas that the entertainers are being informed, Um, but we're not. And I really hope they don't just expect us. It would be very arrogant just to expect us to turn on a dime and go, "Okay, when do you need us?" Mm-hmm. Give everyone listening that's an executive out there. I guess I can say it because I 'm not afraid of this conversation because and I, sh- I don't want entertainers to feel afraid of this conversation it's true. We are human beings. reach out, give th- them enough time to acclimate to what they have to do, R- you know warm up the voices warm up the limbs and really be prepared to quote-unquote entertain this city and the world because the world comes here it's not just locals and i would love it more than anything actually when locals would come to my show but the world comes here and we we owe that respect to the entertainers to you know get the ignition switched on before you rev the engine
0: yeah, and I think that communication is definitely going to be one of the major issues for for entertainers and for casino workers across the board. Uh, once the town gets gets back up and running, and we are able to, you know, have shows back on stage and audiences back in those
2: seats, there is a, an emotional fatigue for for everybody, also for an audience. I'm not expecting the audiences are suddenly going to be like. Entertain me, but also for artists, there is an emotional fatigue. There is a sense of loss. You know, you know, artists in this town have a massive sense of loss and routine. It's it's an incredible feeling when you enliven an audience and transport an audience into a place of euph- euphoric kind of joy. And I'm in Las Vegas, but remember, after a show, you go home and you have to, you know, you have to find the strength and the emotional drive and intelligence to get back on stage again. It's been a year and I feel it. I know a lot of my colleagues and peers feel it. Um, I think there is such a thing as COVID fatigue and, and there's also a performance fatigue. You know, um, ironically, the more you sing and the more you perform, the more you can sing and perform. Like you just, it just turns up. But when you don't sing in full voice for example you don't use your full voice for my shows what you know at almost an hour and 45 minutes you know you you lose the muscle memory so I just really really want to put out there there is it's a real thing and I really want people to understand just because you know they might be on a billboard or you might see somebody on a billboard it doesn't mean that there isn't an emotional and performance fatigue that's set in and we need to be conscious of that I think.
0: I want to talk about um, the potential of new music coming out and the new podcast called Conversations but but first quickly looking back at uh, your history here in Las Vegas you've
2: racked up several awards. I have I have and I've been very very honored to receive we made awards. him go get them by the way so, yeah they did they, because he has so them understood. on demand
1: but that's because we told him to get them
2: yeah <laughs> I don't like I don't sit here and hold my awards <laughs> like some sad bastard that's like like I've got no company I'm gonna hold on but to it is my, cozy
0: isn't it, it looks so nice on the little table next
1: to you it looks
2: very established um, yeah I've, I've received many awards over the years and there's something about receiving awards in this town because it it's so competitive and there are so many options there are hundreds of shows at every given moment in this town so to win an award is is an incredible thing. I'm very proud of this award it's the Icon Award from Caesars Palace I won this on the same night as Marie and Donny Osmond and Wayne Newton we all won it on stage at the same time we performed a song together which is also an honor because I love those guys but also the same day as Tony Bennett mm-hmm. wow. so as you can see it's you know there's, I'm I'm getting into this because this is all carved it's all it's crystal it's beautiful it's got my name on it I'm very proud of this it's an icon award so and then I've got the key to the city oh, sorry the key to the strip I should say I get corrected that on every time I've got the key to the strip it doesn't open any doors and you don't get free anything it's nice though but it's nice It's it's carved again it's all engraved and it says key to the las vegas strip so that was nice they gave me matt goss as well proclamation of matt Goste. i've got a beautiful plaque downstairs that's on my wall mm. um the thing and then there was an award recently and i'm a sadistic kind of i have a very sadistic sense of humor so that's why i'm going to talk about this i think that the people that, that gave me this award will understand the intention of this it's just a bit of fun but it's a very very special award i actually won it was the best lounge act of all time
1: amazing wow big big, yeah yeah.
2: big big award massive you know and and i was like wow and then i got a message saying this has to be hand delivered to you it can't be anyone and i live in a gated community so i let you know i'd made room in my (laughs) where my my awards go and and anyway so the next i missed it and they're like look we we have to deliver this to you and it has to be personally signed for i'm like this is a big deal i'm like you know i'm getting excited (laughs) so i canceled my whole day the next day, so this this award is actually from Las Vegas Weekly, and it's a big deal. You know, Las Vegas Weekly. I've, I think I've been on the cover. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've i really was excited about and honoured honoured by this award.
0: Well, from the sounds of it, it sounded like you were getting the crowbar out of the garage to pry the crate open <laughs> and, and pull this award out it, and place yeah, it on a pedestal. It
2: was, and I, and look, I'm going to be really honest with you because I am horrible, and this is what turned up, and. If you can see at the back here, this is the, this is the award, and I, I would be Should lying. Should we put this on our YouTube and, so everyone and can see it? Yeah. So this is the award, it's photocopied, um, if you can see. I've never done this the first time. This is an award exclusive of my award, so it's, I'm not being ungrateful. Just please bear with me, but if you look, this is my award. <laughs> oh, oh no!
1: Oh, that's that's oh, the blank. That's what it oh, comes that's in. Not the award, it comes that's how the it. frame came. That's that's the f- the oh, that comes with the frame holder
2: piece. But then, but it, uh, you can see anyway. The, 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 it was done on a photocopier, and the ink's running out, so it's actually this is the this is the award.
0: <laughs> it's a high gloss paper.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's, that's some it's, pricey. It's, and there's three colors so involved. So
2: Las Vegas Weekly, you know I love you and I wouldn't be me because I always give my audience shit as well. The reality is after this COVID thing's over there's a lot of entertainers we want of all time (laughs) of all time this is 11 years I worked for this what are you doing to me? (laughs) I'm just saying but listen I'm very very proud of this award but your your award game needs to be a little bit (laughs) your award game is a bit
1: but what an honor
2: don't even go there <laughs> Dana. Is <was> even <laughs> Vegas revealed is so one. It is an honor. That's my point. But there's I know. a lot of, and I'm 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 pretty yeah, sure some of my sadistic fellow entertainers that won awards feel the same way as me. Uh, yeah. I stayed in all day for that.
1: I mean, my senior picture from high school might be in a better frame than that. Yeah, <laughs> but the guy, the
2: guy, the guy that came to deliver it for me. It was, it was, uh, it was, a, it was an event. I opened it, and mm. anyway.
0: All right. So we've talked awards. Should we turn and talk music a little bit?
1: Yeah, because you've been working on a new album. I've heard a bunch of the songs. It's incredible. It's fun. It's a beat. uh, And there are other songs on there, too, that Mm -hmm. are slowed down a little bit and beautiful. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. So, I mean, you seem really excited and proud of this one. And I know you're itching to get it out.
2: I am. You know, I completely disconnected from music in the Mm -hmm. beginning of COVID. I was like... I say the beginning of covid we might still be here in three years so if uh, at the moment my perception of the beginning of covid i switched off from music and i really felt a connection to the human condition and i was loving my lives and actually getting a glimpse into the world of my fans and people that were not fans and it was very very enlightening to me and i was really i really could feel myself learning and i loved that feeling and it was you know I'm so private and just to go live and I remember when I went live the first time on my Instagram it was just kind of a a scary moment and I I like that feeling of Mm -hmm. getting butterflies when when you're not in your element you know but then I started to sit on my piano and go up into my studio and just start to play around with some things and I just started to write song after song after song and um, I'm. I think I'm one song away from completing the album, and it's. Wow. It's. It's. It's definitely turning into something that I purposefully have wanted to create hit records, not just an album. And that isn't selling out. That isn't just trying to write commercial music. It's me as an artist remembering that feeling when I would have those big number one records in the past, and just and go. I want. To find a path back to that place because I love pop music and I love commercial music but I wanted to write commercial music that was also emotionally intelligent so I've really been lucky enough to work with people like Jacob Bunton um, Jay Rustin Dave or some really really great people and um, babyface so I'm very very blessed to be able to work with some incredible people, but I'm also blessed to feel very prolific mm-hmm. as a writer right now. It's, it's, I can't wait to get this out, and I'm not letting anyone hear it because no. I want it to come out as a complete body of work with videos and everything. It's, it's really, really special. I'm very proud of it.
0: Well, I was gonna say, over the past decade plus, people who have come to see you here in Las Vegas have gotten to know you kind of as a crooner, and it sounds like this is really bringing you back to your pop
2: roots. Yeah, it's a strange one for me when I get asked about the Crooner thing. I mean, it's definitely a part of my life that I absolutely adore, that will stay with me without without question. It's going to stay with me. And um, but my core is rock and roll and pop music and and larger than life performances, and that's definitely a part of me. So I think people from Las Vegas probably know me as that. But my life is is much bigger than that and broader than that. It's it's multifaceted and quite honestly I'm so grateful that I'm able to do shows in Las Vegas and also do shows abroad.
1: Well and I think when people would come to the shows I mean you had those moments where you would whip out the guitar you know or you play on the piano and everyone was just like wow that's a thing like he's a crooner but there's a lot he can do you know the variety and styles that you bring.
2: Yeah for me I'm not a crooner for me I'm I'm a soul singer and I'm a soul boy so for me frank sinatra is a a soul singer and Mm. so is mel torme and so is stevie wonder and and donny hathaway these are the singers that have truly changed the shape of me in, in in the best way and also meaning that you're able to undress your soul to an audience because you can't expect an audience to come along with you if you're not being quote unquote truthful about what you're singing and you don't remember why you're singing that lyric there is a A place that you have to go to often quite painful to sing in a certain way to move an audience because if you're not being authentic the audience won't come back and that's not the reason you do it but I literally physically love the way singing feels.
0: And is there a target date for the album to be out?
2: Without question the first single will be out in March.
0: Oh soon? Wow. Yeah.
2: The album will not come out unless it's released in the right way so we're putting all that stuff, all the behind the scenes stuff in place right now but um, it's going to come out in a beautiful way and every song on this record right now could you you could it would be could be played on the radio great you could throw a dart at any one of these songs and you could say that's the next record yeah. it's that it's strong true it's exciting it's really
1: good it's really really good it's hard to decide yeah yeah <laughs> Thanks, Dana. yeah of course um, I wanted to talk quickly about uh, After the Screaming Stops a documentary that you are in what was it two gosh how long two years ago now yeah um, with your brother and It's incredible because I've seen other documentaries on Netflix and other places. I watched Taylor Swift's. I've watched, I don't know, things like Paris Hilton's and and other, other just documentaries recently about celebrities or even about music, and it never kind of... Holds. I even watched Garth Brooks, who I love, and it was a little slow for me. But your movie, and I say this, we are very close friends, Matt and I, but I want to point out that it really is one of the best documentaries that I have ever seen, the way that it was done. um, You know, it's about music, but it's also more about heart and your relationship and what fame did to you starting so young and how you've turned that into a life for yourself now as a grown man. And it's won a BAFTA. It was nominated for two BAFTAs. It's won a National Film Award. It's won Film Festival Awards in the United States. GQ said it was the best music documentary of all time. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, this is a documentary that people need to see. And I know it was life-changing for you as well, right?
2: I don't think... It's true at all. I think it's a terrible film.
0: <laughs> no,
2: no.
1: It, it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes because a lot of people, you know, they Google first and they look and say, Yeah, do I want to see this as good? It's like 100% is incredible. I mean, like The Godfather, I think, has like 98%. So, whoa, it's like, yeah, whoa. this is a big deal.
2: No, I think, thank you, first of all, it's amazing actually hearing you describe the movie and knowing all of that's true in the fact that like, it was the accolades and and it became something that was a, a cultural phenomenon, really. it was. I remember just when the movie came out and just social i thought my immediate was like oh no what's happened what's wrong and it just the swell globally just started to just fall in love with this film and you're right it's, it is about music but it's really more about sibling rivalry um the dysfunction of family it's also it's just there's so much uh, that, that that this film addresses and for me it was like having therapy in front of the world you know that that movie will forever be there and yes there are sound bites in there that that don't have context either side but it's funny it's um quirky it's mm-hmm. in extremely emotional we dive deep into the the issues of me and my brother that we we frankly hadn't addressed about the when my sister was killed and also the death of my mother more in more recent history but we we simply hadn't addressed it with each other and the cameras caught that emotion and the anger there's a lot of anger in that film um and there's also a lot of pain so i think we didn't want to make a movie that was oh look how great we are and sugarcoat the music industry or the entertainment business because one industry should not be sugarcoated um, you are swimming with sharks in the music industry. Yeah. You are literally swimming with sharks and we 've been me and my brother have been in the industry for three decades and we have sharp teeth and um we s- both speak in analogies because we're we 're artists <laughs> and it enlivens the english language and I think that 's really how it 's felt at times we it 's bite or be bitten it 's like we 've you know we 've fallen uh, and you can see that in the film too. We have fallen our ass and and we've dusted ourselves off and that's testament to being our mother's sons and we were raised in a in a way that we would would have to just dust yourself off and and put your left foot in front of it the right foot but we were also taught that you must remember to dance along the way and enjoy, enjoy those moments and i think in some ways as an artist i feel more relaxed because of the hardship that I feel less guilty about the good times. Mm -hmm. Because I really feel like, as they say, i paid my dues. I mean, I really have.
1: Speaking of the movie, I always said to Sean, a lot of people are saying Matt needs his own podcast, right?
0: It's true. And people, there were actually recently, the documentary re-aired, I think it was in Australia, and one of the comments from somebody in Australia, they wrote to you and said, Matt, you need your own podcast.
2: (laughs) And lo and behold... That is one of the most profound segues (laughs) i've ever heard yeah just thought of it you just thought of it well yeah in fact i do have my own podcast now called conversations and it's you know what the the it's given me such joy it's new in my life um to be working with you guys you know you guys are are producing this podcast with me um (laughs) what is it (laughs) bobbies
1: Uh, Matt has a French bull, bulldog here, called Can Reggie. You, it, you might have heard him drinking earlier. Come here, baby. <laughs>
2: so now that little, that little moaning was is yeah. that he wants some emotion. So if you hear any noises, that's my French bulldog, Reggie. Yes. Hello, darling. Listen, listen.
0: Oh, listen to those puppy kisses.
2: Oh. Where were we? Oh, yeah. The podcast. I, so you're I, you enjoying know, so doing it's, the podcast. It's, it's new to me, but it, it gives me such joy, and it allows me to talk about my inner philosophy, my outer philosophies that I've read, and the human condition, and just talk about things that aren't really spoken about. Like I, I think some some of these podcasts for me, are, they over communicate. Yeah, some issues just have to be addressed directly. They don't have to be draped in psychology, and it's just basic human emotions. And and it's an amazing thing to be able to have uh, a platform now that i can i can't see it going away i just i love the idea of having a podcast that that, that grows i'm not obsessed about chart position but we are doing well we've we've gone yeah. into the top five all over the world it's amazing you know
1: i was looking just, and I was like switzerland uh, great britain hong kong italy nigeria nigeria and, everywhere yeah, hungary
2: yeah it's it's just really really incredible and i think it's just a place where I've found that I can communicate in the way that I like to and also involve my listeners where they just put hashtag MG conversations uh, on my social and then if you have a question or a subject that you would like um, to talk about that's personal to you or to do with social climate or politics or religion or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. uh, mental health I'm up for it so I also find myself that I'm learning during the process but I also am opinionated and I think it's important that you have strong opinions if you want to have a podcast because you don't want to be a wallflower and not be able to state your case and actually have to stand behind how you feel Mm -hmm. so it's a nice I'm really enjoying the process and the experience it's something that's become as dear to me as my music
0: And and so this is a forum where listeners can not only be invited into conversations that you're having with guests on the podcast, but they can actually spark conversations themselves with you.
2: Absolutely. As I said, if you put hashtag MG conversations on my Instagram uh, under the, the, the last post, we will go through the questions and absolutely 100% address those those issues it's it's an interactive experience it also allows us to um be involved in the now so people have have come up with some great questions and comments
1: Okay, so it's Conversations with Matt Goss, available Spotify, iHeart, Apple, all that. So for all our our folks that listen to us, and and please listen.
0: Yeah, and we uh, have a link to Conversations with Matt Goss in our episode notes. So you can find it directly there and go over to uh, Conversations. And don't just listen.
2: Leave a review and rate it, too. Yeah, don't press, do not press the one star because it's very (laughs) important. You have to press the five star at the very end. And, and I always say this and I, with all sincerity if you want to leave a bad review about my podcast please leave it on somebody else's podcast <laughs> not mine
1: and not Vegas Revealed <laughs> and not Vegas Revealed thank you I appreciate that uh, um, listen before we go should we ask him to, uh, a tip because we always we, Sean and I always do our tips for Vegas and, and it's kind of like something we might love or something we know about that other people might not know about something you love to do So sometimes we like to put it on the guest
0: Yeah, so we will uh, hear two tips from Matt Goss coming up next on Vegas Revealed.
1: We appreciate all our listeners from around the world. And you know what else we really appreciate is when you leave us a review, right,
0: Sean? Yeah, it really helps people find the Vegas Revealed podcast. And that's what we want. We want to spread the word of Las Vegas to as many ears as possible. That's right. So please, if you can and you listen, go leave us five stars,
1: leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. And if you're looking for everything Vegas related, you can go to our website, vegas-revealed.com. There we have videos, we have the apps listed of where you can listen to our podcast, plus news articles too, and information about me and Sean.
0: vegas-revealed.com. All right, welcome back. It's time for our two tips, and this time uh, Matt Goss is giving us his Las Vegas tips. So Matt, let him rip. Can I do three?
1: Yes, you can do three.
2: Okay. So the frou frou, you know, glamorous, get ready, go out for a good night out, and just still feel like you're involved in some kind of Vegas experience during these times would be SW Steakhouse at the Wynn. and it's just an amazing. The food is beautiful. The service is wonderful. And I will say that there's a beautiful lake and there are shows every half an hour which were produced, I believe, by Kenny Ortega who yes. also directed This Is It, the Michael film about Michael Jackson. He's also a dear friend of mine. But they've done such an amazing job and I would highly recommend A Nice Night Out at SW Steakhouse. Okay, now locally, every morning probably, I order from a place called Toast Society and I order the other everything. That's what I personally order. It's the avocado toast, but they put a layer of cream cheese on the toast and then they do sliced avocado. I'm salivating actually thinking of it. Mm -hmm. Then they do sesame seed with olive oil and a tiny bit of kind of seasoning. I don't know what it is, but it is absolutely perfect. And then I also order something which is interesting. They do serve regular coffee, but I cannot drink caffeine because it gives me the jitters and during these times it makes me very anxious. So I actually order the turmeric latte which is turmeric and i replace milk with oat milk so they give you all these wonderful options that you can replace the milk with oat milk mm. hot or cold preparation so the turmeric latte and also the um the avo everything uh, avo avo everything,
1: everything. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> okay okay and then i would say if you just really want a good you want to chow down and it's just it's another local business is mother falafel it's amazing they obviously have falafel and they they but if you just want to chow down and just to have a nice pizza with kebab chicken mm-hmm. and they can make it spicy with peppers and onions and tomatoes it's oh. just delicious it's called Sounds mother good. falafel and I just order Grubhub, and uh, so yeah, that's it. They're my three tips, I would say.
1: Well, well you're supporting two local businesses, Grubhub and the restaurant. Right? Yeah, that, that's right. Those are good. Those are yeah.
2: those are two
0: spots locally that I don't hear a lot about. So I'm glad that you brought yeah. those up.
1: Yeah, always good to let people know. You know. Yeah, and so it. again,
2: it's Toast Society, and Mother Falafel.
1: Love it. Listen, Matt, thanks. We've enjoyed talking to you so much. We could go on forever and ever, so we'll just have you on again. Make sure everyone that you listen to Conversations with Matt Goss, now available, his brand-new podcast. He's about three or four episodes in.
0: And new music coming out this spring. Look for it, hopefully
2: sooner than later, right? Absolutely, and I'll also say thank you to your listeners. I'm a big fan of your show as well. And please, everybody listening, do me a favor, just one thing. Call your strongest friend the people right now that are strong that you don't hear from probably need it most so just after you listen to this podcast just call your strongest friend, send them a message if you've got beef with anyone start the new year and just go hey let's start again so nothing but love to you guys happy new year
1: Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, it's officially 2020. Hey.
2: It is. Ring it in. Celebrate. <laughs> oh, it's
1: officially 2020. 2021. What the hell? No,
2: see, we're not We're not what? going backwards, Roselle. Do not edit that out because you know what? that is. No, no. We, leave, we
1: leave it in. We leave everything in. <laughs> that is
2: what COVID <laughs> has done to us. Yeah,
1: Happy New Year. It's 2019.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, that's how that's my brain it. feels. In yes. a nutshell. My God. All right. So we're blasting through the new year. We'll see you back next week on Vegas Reveal. <laughs>
1: Have a great week, everyone.
0: Have a great 2020. See ya. <laughs> Let's go to Vegas, baby Let's go tonight Let's go to Vegas We'll stay up all night Let's go to Vegas Let's get it away